Hello everyone, my name is Musa Kalenga and welcome to an exciting bonus episode with none other than Emmanuel Babalola, the Director for Africa at Binance and the Interim CEO of Bundle. Now, Bundle is an Africa-focused social payments app for cash and crypto adoption on the continent. And he has pioneered education initiatives such as Binance Masterclass, which provides free courses to the masses, especially in Africa. And he's also investing in the ecosystem to ensure that people learn and adopt these technologies uh, to their benefit. Now, an interesting fact is that Emmanuel is a self-taught software developer. Now, any of you that have tried to teach yourself anything will understand that teaching yourself how to code and to develop is not as easy as said as it's done um, so we can have a lot to be thankful for for such a great talent and a man that's been able to teach himself uh, how to code as well as how to build those businesses is gracing us with his presence today so he's been able to develop numerous products and services um, and we're excited to be chatting with him about it before i jump in african tech roundup has partnered with bitcoin events to bring you this exclusive interview with emmanuel uh, who's a speaker in the upcoming blockchain virtual conference which brings you a jam-packed two-day Days of featured sessions, keynotes, panels, fireside chats, and exploring the latest trends and developments in the blockchain uh, technology and cryptocurrency space. Now, this is for Africa and the globe, because as we know, the, the movement is not uh, not just based on, uh, on global developments, but also what Africa is doing and how we feature, which is amazing. And the conference brings together now a number of thought leaders and pioneers um, in this industry that's growing at a, at a fast and rapid pace. Um, and it's also going to be a about how an ecosystem has been created for everybody to learn, to network, and to collaborate. So this particular event is happening um, from Thursday the 17th of March to Friday the 18th of March. And trust me, you do not want to miss it. And if you want to be part of this conference, you'll find a link to register in the show notes. So wherever you are and wherever you're listening from, please click on the show notes and you can get yourself a front row ticket to this amazing conference. So ladies and gentlemen, Enough of the chit chat. Now to get straight into it with Babs. Now on for the show. Help me welcome Emmanuel Babalola. Hey, hi Musa. How are you, Babs? Good, good, good. Good to be here. Likewise, like, I feel like we've been friends for a long time. When I call people by nicknames, so thank you for give, <laughs> thank you for giving me the license. So tell me, where on the planet are you at the moment? You're in you're in uh, not in Nigeria, that's for sure. No, no, no. I'm actually currently in Nairobi. Um, okay. just finished the Africa Tech Summits yesterday. Um, it was an amazing time that we had for two days. And yeah, I'm still just trying to you know meet some people before heading back to Lagos, Nigeria. Lagos, Nigeria. I love that city. You know, I used to spend time in Lagos. Um, and it's either you love it or you hate it, but I loved it. And uh, because there was <laughs> such a buzz um, that happens over there. And, and what do you think about the tech scene at the moment in, in, in Lagos? Yeah, um, you know, quite interesting because, like, you know, um, Nigeria has really, really grown and Lagos has become the hub of tech on, in, in the country. Um, quite similar to Kenya, we have budding tech entrepreneurs, you know, building solutions that people would use on the continent, um, solving, like, inherent problems that we face across board, you know. Yeah. So we, we've seen a significant spike in in, in tech, tech entrepreneurs and crypto entrepreneurs um, alike. 
Yeah, no, I can definitely tell. I mean, Nigeria is definitely fighting for its uh, its place on the on the tech map, which is for me super exciting. Um, and also, kind of, it makes me curious about how you got into the scene. I mean, you've, you're self taught when it comes to development, and you've obviously played a, a massive role um, in uh, in the initiatives that you've been spearheading. So, how how did you get into the tech world? Where did you start? So, actually, um, I did study computer science in school. Okay. Um, so I personally always wanted to be a hacker. I'm one of those guys that, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, after school, I did a lot of like, you know, um, work around like, you know, building, you know, software solutions, I attended a number of hackathons and, you know, software competitions in yeah. Nigeria. Um, so within all that time, I obviously discovered crypto back in 2016 um, there were then a lot, of, a lot of scams going on, you know, and I saw this and I was like, okay, what is this Bitcoin? And then, you know, realized that basically this was a money without borders, right? You know, hmm. um, basically what would power the economy of the internet. And I was like, okay, this is something that I should definitely, you know, um, get involved in. And I think in 2017, I quit my job to go fully into crypto. And that's what I've been doing. Wow, I love that. Money without borders. What an amazing uh, description. Uh, especially given that our challenge as, as Africa has been, we've been trying to break down the borders that were created artificially so many years ago. So that resonates with uh, with me. And uh, and now you're at Binance. You're uh, you know leading exciting initiatives there. How did you land that opportunity? I mean, I'm sure there's an interesting backstory. Yeah. Um, so before Binance, I had done like a ton of things in the space. Um, we basically started the blockchain association of Nigeria, did a lot of work across, you know, several blockchains. And, um, prior to Binance, I was, um, with another, you know, um, exchange, um, where we basically started the business in Africa. Um, then I was introduced by a friend of mine, um, who we basically started the journey together. Um, and I think the entire engagement lasted for, you know, um, a couple of, a couple of months because, um, I was basically starting the business for, for Binance and, you know, it was really a profound opportunity. Then I joined in 2019 and from that to today, we've been, we've been growing the hell out of the business on the continent. That's phenomenal. So for those of you that don't know, Binance is a cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, I think it is one of the largest in the world. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, Babs. Um, but uh, what it is ultimately is it's provided an amazing opportunity that enables the world of cryptocurrency. I think it was founded in China, if I remember correctly, and uh, it's been growing ever since. And the company itself is experiencing massive growth, and I'm pretty sure on the continent um, you're seeing the same thing. So Babs, tell me about some of the challenges you faced. I mean, coming into the continent that is Africa. You and I share a, a a similar trajectory at some point. I used to work for a small blue business called Facebook when they were entering the sub-Sahara Africa market. So um, I've got some war scars from that. So I'm interested to hear from you. What are some of the challenges that Binance has faced in setting up on the continent? was quite, quite something, quite a story there. Um, you know, when Binance started in 2017, um, and I joined in 20, 2019, barely a year plus after they launched. And um, they were not the first crypto exchange, right? So Binance was not the first crypto exchange. And even after Binance, there's been a bunch of other platforms that have launched. But today, Binance is number one in the world. Um, and in Africa, number one by far um, on the continent. And the reason why is because of kind of like the the work that you know a lot of smart people in the team have done to to drive to drive the growth. Um, but in terms of challenges, indeed, there's been a ton of challenges because 
um, as you know, the African market in itself is 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 largely at the beginning been foreign to this kind of technology. Um, Binance basically was at the beginning just an exchange where people come deposit crypto and trade crypto, you know, read the charts and all that stuff, you know. But in Africa, we don't have a lot of professional traders, right? Like the West, too. You know, people don't have time to read charts. People are looking for money. You know, um, <laughs> Africa has largely been peer-to-peer driven, right? Yeah. So even if people wanted to buy Bitcoin, if people wanted to buy USDT, they'll do that on WhatsApp. They'll do that on Telegram. Um, so what we decided to do was to provide um, something very easy for them. Um, and then we started savings products. We started Binance P2P. We had fiat on-ramp channels. You know that people could directly convert their fiat to crypto because if you're opening a new market and you and people could only deposit crypto on your platform, it means they have to go buy the crypto somewhere before they can come to deposit that crypto on your platform, right? Sure. And you know, you had hear 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 um, a lot of stories about how you know someone got scammed on WhatsApp or Telegram. And so we had to build all that all that into the platform to ensure that we had proper fiat channels that people could deposit and redraw. Um, fiat, uh, you know, on the platform, you know, That's and then fantastic. the challenge started, you know, there was a ban in Nigeria um, on banks working with crypto exchanges. And that basically, you know, led everybody to go full P2P. And um, fortunately, we already had a P2P, you know, um, channel across the continent that people are using mm-hmm. everywhere, including in Kenya to buy and sell, you know, um, Bitcoin, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been very, very um, impressive, the kind of growth we've seen. And one other challenge we had at, at the beginning was the problem of education as well. I mentioned yeah. about how like people don't understand charts, right? So um, before you start talking to them about charts, they need to understand what crypto is. You know, many <laughs> like, Africans were not trading stocks, right? Um, so we didn't we didn't have professional traders, as I said, right? So mm-hmm. we needed to you know help people understand that okay, um, cryptocurrencies are also an asset class that you can you know profit from. You know, um, so that's when we started the Binance Masterclasses. Today, we've educated nearly half a million, over half a million um, people um, wow. on the continent in terms of cryptocurrency training. This is not just, you know, um, articles, but like actual people that attended events that we've organized. That's phenomenal. You know, mm. and then we've done a bunch of stuff around like careers in blockchain, teaching people about like, you know, the opportunities, you know, people could become developers in the space. They could become um, um, PR people. They could become marketing people, community managers. Help people will realize that, you know, there's so much opportunity. Even at Bundle right now, we are hiring massively. Uh, as sure. well for like a bunch of other companies that are hiring massively today on the continent, you know. Um, so it was, it was just um, an investment we had to make that, okay, yeah. we want to really invest our time on the continent and play the long game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we focused on education. We focused on products, providing products that you know people understood and people would be able to use. You know, mm-hmm. on the education side, we're teaching them how to avoid scams because there were a bunch of scams. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was a very important journey um, for us to you know solve the education problem, solve the product problem in itself, just to you know bridge the gap. And today, many people in Africa understand crypto. In 2016, if you if you brought 10 people together and asked them, do you know what Bitcoin is? Eight of them would not would never have heard of it. Yeah, that's Two true. of them would probably have heard of it, but uh, not to show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
But today the story is different, right? If you take the yes. same people, at least eight of them have heard about crypto, yeah, right? And a majority of them, you know, have used it at one point or the other. Yeah. You know, fortunately today I can say most of them will have Binance accounts. Fantastic. That's an amazing story. Well done. Well done. I mean, I appreciate that setting up a business on a different continent is hard on its own, let alone the fact that you have to stimulate the market, educate them at the same time, and develop products and services as you're doing that. So um, no small feat and well done to you and, and the team for all the work so far. I think that's a, that's a great story of success. I wanted to ask you just a, on a different note, what is your view on Web3 and, and what are the opportunities that Web3 holds in as far as the world of finance and any other sectors that you see potentially being impacted um, quite a bit by the development of Web3 as that technology starts to mature? Yeah, quite quite interesting concept. Um, and the truth is, when crypto um, started back in 2009, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, today is how many years? I think 13 years after Bitcoin was launched. Yeah. Um, and we're still at the beginning. It took the internet 20 years for it to even see any adoption, right? <laughs> um, today, people term crypto Web3. Um, but many people don't know that Web3 is actually talking about cryptocurrencies. And you won't blame people. Um, a lot of people today use the word metaverse and Web3 in the interchangeably. same way. Interchangeably, yeah. Whereas mm. it's not the same. The metaverse is a parallel universe, right? It's a, mm. where, it's a world where a lot of things can happen, you know, yeah. virtual realities, gaming, yeah. and a bunch of stuff, amazing yeah. stuff, you know? Um, but what Web3 will do in the metaverse is power the economy of the metaverse. Yeah. So it's infrastructure versus application, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Web3 is actually the decentralized internet. So you have yes. Web1 where uh, it was just text-based internet. You could just see a page black and white, you know, with, with hyperlinks, right? And then yeah. Web2 is, is this, the, the ones that are smarter, the ones that have data. You can motion pictures, you can, you can interact, Netflix, social media, you know. So Web2 is amazing, right? Um, and then Web3 comes into play where you now see the decentralized internet, the internet where, oh, a social media platform where people, as they provide content, they engage, they earn from, from those contents. As people like your posts, you earn rewards, you earn tokens, um, your data, privacy, is there right because you own your data if you want to monetize your data you can monetize your data um you have a world where you know sending money to someone in europe is as easy as sending a whatsapp message sure. you know so um the internet made the world a global village and web3 is basically that economy that will power that global village so that's kind of like you know how i see it and for africa specifically um, we, we definitely have a bunch of problems. You know, we are still trying to get people from Web 1. Web 1, in this case, in Africa, would be offline, like people that use cash, people that don't have bank accounts, right? Yeah. So we're trying to get people from Web 1 to, you know, open open mobile wallets for them. You, yeah. know? <laughs> you know, so people are still talking about banking the unbanked, right? Mm. And here we are, crypto people, talking about Bitcoin in the unbitcoined. You know, <laughs> I like you know? <laughs> so, so that is profound. And yeah. for exchanges and platforms like Bundle specifically, we are basically bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3, right? Uh, because before you can buy an NFT, you need to convert your cash to crypto, right? Yeah, you yeah. need to be able to use crypto first. And then yeah. you can now you know, buy NFTs, you can now buy virtual lands next to Snoop Dogg, 
you're now, you know, <laughs> do all that. Okay, so so it's, it's something that is happening, but as you know, people are still trying to catch up. Yeah, right? that's fantastic. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's indeed here to stay. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that question about bundles. So, I mean, when you start talking about it as a service or a solution, um, even to those that have got some level of understanding of, of cryptocurrency, how do you explain it in one sentence? Basically, cash up for Africa. Cash up for Africa. Yeah. That's interesting. So today, today Bondu is making sending money as easy as sending a WhatsApp message. Basically, you can send money to anyone on Bondu for free. Right. You know, you can convert one crypto coin to another. You can store these coins, you know, and earn like amazing APYs on them. Yeah. You know, um, people are using Bondu today to hedge against inflation. People are using Bondu today to to send, to make payments, pay for airtime. Today on Bondu, I can buy airtime with my crypto. Wow. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's quite innovative. Yeah. So, so, so it's basically helping people live on crypto. And in the coming months, let me just share this here. We are expanding um, the entire vision for Bondo, you know, with the relaunch, and it's going to be very, very large. Loud, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. You heard it first here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really going to change the way people think about what is possible. Um, when it comes right. to you know um, crypto platforms, right? And what's the business model behind Bundle, right? So, I mean, if we think about traditional banks and how they make money, they take you know they get interest off holding deposits. Um, they create services of which they can charge you know interest rates or fees. What's the business model that sits behind Bundle? Is this simply a replication of that, but just in the world of crypto? So, first of all, um, the way I want people to think about it first is. If you think of Binance as Facebook, I want you to think of Bundle as Instagram. And then the business model for Bundle generally is is still fees, right? So as people do activities within the app, some many services are free, um, but trading action, converting coin to coin, um, is is paid for, right? There's a small fee, which is literally one of the cheapest in the industry as well, right? right. So that is the primary model. But many of our other services are literally just getting people into crypto. And with the new direction, we'll actually be expanding on our business model a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying not to share a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, so, but it's really it's really something I, I would like to come on here again, maybe once it's launched to, Please. to share more. Please, I'd really like that. I mean, I, I, just listening to you, it, you know, it sounds like you guys have uh, spent a lot of time thinking about this problem and how to solve it. So I'd be super keen to uh, to engage you once you've done that. But but what are the some what are some of the areas of um, of, of concern? You know, so I mean, going into this space, having done so well um, with regards to to Binance and now you know Bundle, um, what keeps you up at night? What are you concerned about with regards to this kind of business? Um, is is it still very much around the education and the market stimulus? Are you worried about product adoption? What keeps you up at night? At the beginning, um, it, it was really tough because many people working in crypto as of 2016 and 17, most of their parents thought they were like, they had no jobs, right? <laughs> you know? so, um, so there's always the, the, the that fear at the beginning of job security and, and all that. But yeah. as the space has evolved, we've come to realize that today, um, the same way I believed then that this thing, I don't think anything can stop it. Mm. Today we know that its existence is is there. It's here yeah. to stay. 
Yeah. Right. So in terms of biggest concerns, um, these are still the same. You know, helping people understand different. That's why if you notice at the beginning of the year, Binance were pushing a lot of mainstream adoption for crypto. Because right. once and for all, we want to answer permanently the question of whether crypto is a scam or not. Right. So that we get out of the and nobody will think crypto is a scam. You know, yeah, so we yeah. sponsored Afcon. We currently are sponsoring, you know, Nigerian idols. You know, you see, even a lot of crypto platforms were talking on Super Bowl. You know, yes. so crypto is becoming more and more mainstream. Yeah. So um, now that it's mainstream, there's now the problem of okay, this is not a scam. It's just that many people don't understand it, right? Absolutely. So you now start talking about education. So education is is one of the biggest problems, really. Because it's like selling shoes to people that don't know that shoes are possible, mm. right? They know that their legs are paining them because there's currency inflation all over the continent. But yeah. they don't know that there's this solution that can help you hedge against that. They don't know that there's this solution that can help you reduce, you know, the cost of remittance to Africa by more than a thousand percent. It costs at least 12 percent to send money here, sure. you know, and, and crypto is free, really, because... It's like sending an email. The email doesn't concern itself about where are you in the world, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that is one challenge. And then obviously the, the challenge of regulation, right? Yeah. Um, because as crypto gains more and more adoption, regulation becomes necessary. Hmm. And at Bundle and at Binance, it's something that we we are very, very deliberate about. Over time, one of the biggest things you'd realize is that there can never be innovation without regulation. Imagine cars who didn't have seatbelts or traffic signs or, you know, yeah. rules and regulations. People are already complaining of traffic. You know, now nah, imagine how worse it would be. You know? Absolutely. So um, regulation is very important whenever any new technology comes, however slow regulation is, right? The main thing about regulation is just ensuring that as it comes, it doesn't stifle innovation, right? Yeah. But, but encourages it. Um, yeah. So at Binance and at Bondo, one of the key things we we know is we have a mutual goal with the regulators, right? Which is protecting our users. And if you know Binance, you know that that's one of the things we always put in front of everything we do, protecting our users. Yeah. And the old, the old essence of regulation is actually protecting people, right? Because Absolutely. regulators want to protect their citizens. They want to protect investors. They want to protect people. Yeah. You know, so from that mutual foundation, we can now start building on top of it. Okay. Know? So yeah, those are like some of the challenges I see um, okay. that we will have to overcome you know, over time. Regulations a huge issue. I mean, I think to your point, if uh, you don't have progressive regulators having the conversation and engaging, it becomes really difficult to get wholesale adoption. Um, and then anything that you do that's innovative, you know, gets pretty much cut off at the knees, which is unfortunate because the challenge um, that you're trying to address is is meaningful. I mean, reducing transaction fees by a thousand percent, that is, that's not a small thing, especially for a continent that's so heavily reliant um, on remittances. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the regulation is a massive challenge. And how have you started kind of proactively engaging with, with regulators on some of the things that are hindrances, not only to the ecosystem, but, you know, to, to consumers accessing the value that you're creating? As market leaders today, it's important for us to proactively do this. And um, if you search online, you see we recently released the cryptocurrency fundamental rights, as it were. Uh, okay. Basically, things we think would help spoil the conversation and serve as the foundation for 
the coming regulation. Yeah. Um, we've ensured that, you know, as much as possible, we are engaging regulators at all levels, you know, to see how we can move forward with this. We've acquired licenses today in Kingdom of Bahrain. You're working um, together with the Dubai government, we're working together with the French people to to see how we can move forward with this. And we are currently even engaging as much as possible with every regulator that is available to engage with us in Africa. Because nice. in the end, as you said rightly, you know, if there is no engagement with um, with the players in the space, mm-hmm. while the basic regulation is being drafted, the issue would be somehow it wouldn't be comprehensive. It wouldn't be as effective as it should be, you know. So definitely, engagement is top priority for us, and we are setting the pace and setting the example. Keep setting the pace, sir. That's a wonderful way to end off the conversation in in your wonderful endeavors uh, with Binance and now with Bundle. I I wish you all of the best. I do acknowledge that you've promised to come back and have a, another conversation regarding Bundle once you're uh, good and ready to do so. And I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to that. So thank you very much for your time. I wish you Godspeed and all the best. Thank you. Before we wrap up, a big thank you once again to Bitcoin Events um, and look out for the blockchain conference that's coming up. Follow the link at the bottom and be part of the exciting opportunity uh, to share knowledge, to grow and to understand. That's it for now. Until next time, I hope you take it easy, Africa, and we'll see you soon.